<laughs> it's like doing podcasts. We do podcasts now. Podcasts. <laughs> Podcast for the MediaByUs.com. Joining me today are Chris. Hello. Brent. Hello. David. Hello. TJ is taking a week off and we'll see him next week. He's back on assignment. Back on assignment. In his place is Franklin the dog. Yep. Franklin is here. He's going to be scooting around and hopefully just being a cool little dude. <laughs> on this podcast, we're going to talk about what we've been watching and then uh, kind of go through some brief film and TV news. Anyone want to kick off what they've been watching? I can go first. Rare pole position. Oh. Only because it's, it's short, not watch, but something I want to talk about that I played. Um, I watched Survivor, obviously. Uh-huh. We can do our, our Survivor talk here and now if we want to. Sure. Uh, it feels like we should keep it a little short since David's not watching. It was the episode with the double tribal. There are some crazy scenarios that could happen. So we're at a position where there are seven left, right? Seven or six for next episode? There are seven remaining contestants. Yes. Yeah. And there's only one episode left. So there's the possibility of a situation, because of all the immunity idols and all the rewards, that someone just by default has to go home. There could be someone who just automatically goes home based on people using their immunity idols. So I don't think... Yes, yes, that's true. That is true. Yeah, Ty is in possession of two idols. He could play one for himself and one for someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, Troyzan has an idol. Sarah has an idol that has to be played this in the next Tribal Council. And if one of the two remaining people wins immunity at the immunity challenge, they will also be immune, which means the one person left. So crazy. So if they if if they want to try and get Sari off the show and they want it to be foolproof, that's how they could do it. Because she's not gonna win immunity. Anyone could beat her at it. Uh, as a podcast that I listen to uh, about Survivor says uh, they're calling it Idle Geddon. Oh <laughs> In that case, uh, TJ pointed this out, I think last week, he said that uh, the person who has to go home can't vote against themselves, so the vote would be zero. They would have to then technically draw a rock, a single go-home rock out of a bag, (laughs) (laughs) per the rules. Wow, the highest stake rock ever. It would be the only person draw. Well, it's the uh, the total net contents of the bag would be one bad rock, Mm -hmm. yeah, and no good ones because they would be the only person drawing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless they coordinate the plan and they're like, Jeff, here's how this is going to go down. The yeah. five of us are immune. Yeah. We've got these idols. Here's all of our stuff. Here's the secret advantage. Go uh, on, Suri. Yeah, by Suri. Yeah. Because she's not going to win immunity unless... Has she won immunity before? Is there anything she's good at in immunity challenges? I don't know. She doesn't seem to have... like. They used to do like a trivia one at some point, right? Yeah, they don't. They haven't done that in years. Okay. Yeah, that would be something she might be good at because she knows she knows the people on there. Yeah, that's her biggest asset. Well, I, I won't go into explaining everything that happened last week, but that tribal council last week was crazy fun. Yeah, she basically a character had a thing that only they could use, mm-hmm. and Sari just didn't read it and thought that she could use it. Um, and so when Sarah gave it to her, is like, look, this is how much trust. 
I, like, you should have in me. I'll give you this mm-hmm. as a token that I'm showing you. Like I'm not, like, I, I'm I'm not going to use it. I'm not. This, there's no twist here. I'm not pulling anything <clears throat> over on you. Yeah. This is something that's in. This is like something that's vital to my game, and I'm going to let you hold it throughout Tropical Council. Yeah. Uh, instead, Sri was like, "Well, I'm going to use it." And in, mm-hmm. on the bottom of the thing, it said, "It cannot be transferred." <laughs> the power can't. So it was a very embarrassing moment for her. Yeah. Because yeah. she makes this big announcement at Travel Council. She's talking about, like, uh, sometimes it's hard to see who the rats are. And she's, like, talking about how she's going to, like, out somebody who is, like, double-faced. And then she announces that she's going to steal Sarah's vote using this advantage. And Sarah's just like, you can't use it. <laughs> and Jeff is like, read, read the advantage, like read what it says. And she reads it, and he's like, "See, that's the thing that, that that's got you on your strategy today. It says non-transferable." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just, but it, it wound up being like because of that, everybody got really confused because of her announcement, and so everybody stood up and just started walking over to each other and getting in little huddles and mm-hmm. talking mm-hmm. and trying to. Strategize quickly. So that's twice right, the right. season it's happened. That is weird. Yeah. Anyway, it's a good episode. Next week, next Wednesday is the uh, actually this Wednesday. Probably the as you're listening to this, it's it's probably approaching. Yeah. Uh, the finale. It's going to be like a two hour episode. Uh, a live reunion with another hour long live reunion after it. Survivor Day. Even, even if you haven't watched this season, the finales are always fun. Check them out. You know, just yeah. you, you could probably just turn it on and pick up a lot of what you need to uh, what you need to know. Yeah, that's basically all I watched this week. Did you catch uh, challenge finale? I did catch the challenge finale. Um, so challenge finale and the uh, did you watch the 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 after episode with the Miz? Yeah, it's, at least he's a better. Uh, who's that person that does all the MTV live shows? I asked Kelly her name, and she Name's told like me Nisa or something. Nessa. Nessa. Yeah, I think she's terrible. She's horrible. Yeah, I mean these—they're not TV personalities in the sense that they're good at being hosts of things, but mm-hmm. I guess they need a host and they can't drum up talent. I don't know. Maybe they—they have like a contract that they have to appear in X number of like hosting duties. But why the fuck the Miz came back is beyond me. I don't know. He spent a lot of time talking about himself. Yeah, he's introducing his own clips of the Miz in 2002 on yeah. his championship. Yeah. Because Miz is very Miz-centric. Yeah. And he's a Mizanthrope. Yeah. But uh, su- su- nice. su- surprising no one, CT <laughs> takes down the W for the men. I thought it was semi-surprising. I don't know. If, if you I think they really tried to sell his struggle on like the ropes course and stuff. Yeah. But the fact that they, in the after show, they were talking about uh, an Ashley one for the women. Which was, um, which kind was of an surprise. actual surprise. Yeah. I thought that, that Camilla had it. Um, I did too. But Camilla really was partnered. Corey complained about it the whole time, but Camilla really was partnered with the worst people on the worst days. Yes. Um, but the, uh, you know, the, the the puzzle that was on the rickshaw that they had to do when they had the the the, the after show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ashley was like just very loudly declared like. That's a thing at Cracker Barrel. Yeah. That's a, that's a puzzle for children. She's like, I don't understand why you guys couldn't figure that out. It's for children. I actually rocked that one. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's the finale is always less fun. It's, than, it's more anticlimactic. The funnest part to me is always the drama and the strategy. Some of the spectacle of the actual elimination challenges and mm-hmm. whatnot can, be pretty, can pre- be pretty epic. Yeah. But the final is always like, it's... 
too epic that it kind of is, is almost disinteresting. Yeah, it's like it's like watching a marathon. Like I'd rather watch a, watch like two people like head to head in a sprint. Yeah, in the finale, if the at each leg like they kicked off the bottom person, it might be a little more interesting. Mm-hmm. But it's like the not knowing too. It's like your times are being tabulated through these three days of challenges, mm-hmm. and there's no immediate satisfaction about anything that's happening for each leg. Yeah. I will say, of the three guys, you know, I don't like Nelson, don't like Corey. I like CT. I was happy yeah. about that. Yeah. You know, whatever for Ashley. She she grew on me. She's... I did not like Nicole the whole season. I like Nicole. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, she's just, yeah, she's, she's, I just she's, couldn't she's do irritating. it. And also, the, the, the whole, like, Nicole-Laurel romance felt mm. so unnecessarily thrust on screen. I don't know if it was MTV trying to really heavily exhibit, like... We're going to talk about a same-sex hookup on the challenge, and we're going to do it very nonchalantly, but also, like, just throw it in your face every episode. Yeah. That, like, these two women are both gay, or they are interested in each other, and we're MTV, and we're edgy, so we're going to talk about it non-stop. Like it's it's 2003. Yeah. Like, like it's an episode of Undressed. (laughs) 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 Throwback. Nice. But yeah. Uh, maybe it's just like, it happens in the vacuum of bananas going out. I did, however, stick around for the first episode of the Pros versus Challengers. I did too. I was kind of uh, I'm, I'm up for it. I thought it was going to be a bunch of like, no, no offense to any cyclists, professional cyclists who listen to this podcast, all 30 mm-hmm. of you, but I thought it was going to be like, yeah, they're an athlete, mm-hmm. you know, but they were like, you know, at the top of the game like 20 years ago. Sure. No, nah, they're like Olympic gold medalists who are still in contention for the next Olympic Games. Yeah. Like, there are people who are in the best shape of their lives. And then there's kind of like these dumpy MTV people. <laughs> who, yeah. are, who are just nonetheless extremely confident and talking shit. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> you may have been an Olympic medalist in two different sports, but... You don't know the challenge. <laughs> you don't know the wacky stuff they put us through. Pretty sure anything is just a combination of like running, jumping, endurance. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was I thought it was funny. You know, but bananas. I mean, you got like Lolo Jones, probably one of the biggest. Sean Merriman is yeah. on there. Um, Host, hosted by Victor Cruz. Hosted by Victor Cruz. Yeah, I kind of like uh, the most drama seems to be set up is Lolo Jones against Louise Hazel, mm-hmm. who's like the the two different hurdlists. Mm-hmm. Kind of seems interesting. Yeah, and I really like that uh, that the bananas just immediately sees his strength um, and strategy, mm-hmm. and he goes over to the pros as soon as he thinks there's a little discord, and goes, "You guys, you you guys weren't ready for the mental game." Like mm-hmm. you were here, you're here to do these challenges, but you didn't understand that there's going to be like backstabbing and infighting. Like you're not ready for it. Just like st- stirring the pot. That's what yep. bananas does. Um, instantly mm-hmm. sowing the seeds of discontent. Um, but yeah, that'll be interesting. It's only a six week thing. It's not a full season. And then the uh, thing that I want to talk about is I finally uh, fulfilled my promise. I got a player unknowns battleground. Uh, it's that yeah. Battle Royale style game I was talking about last week. Where it sounded really interesting. And oh my god, is it the most nerve-wracking game? Really? Like uh, hair trigger? Yeah. Instinct stuff? Yeah, because I mean, it's 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 semi-realistic mm-hmm. um, in that like if you get shot in the head once, you're dead. Yeah. If you 
have uh, like a military helmet on, you can take two shots, and then like after the first one, your helmet's gone. If if you're point blank with a shotgun, you know one shot will take someone out. It's most of the games I played, I I, I didn't win. I haven't I haven't won once. I got second place once, and I've gotten fifth place. Those are my best two finishes. And how many people is it usually? Hundred. Jeez. And my strategies so far have ranged from. Uh, I'm going to jump out of the plane as soon as possible with all the other idiots that jump out of the plane as soon as possible mm-hmm. and then assess whether I should just try and Superman punch someone which is where you <laughs> jump and then punch and then you can sometimes score a headshot with your punch <laughs> and knock them out in like a sucker punch basically or just like run, try and find a pistol and just like ransack and just jack guys or I'll drop when I think no one's near me like find some houses, like hole up for a little bit and it gets really intense when you're the sound, the stereo sound is, is incredibly important. The surround sound. Mm-hmm. Like, you hear shots off in the distance, and you can zero in on where that sound is coming from. You can go, okay, you've got a compass. Like, oh, that's cool. shots coming from 3.30. So you know, like, in that direction, there's a firefight or someone's, like, popping shots off. You can hear the bullets whizzing by your character and, like, where they are. Um, you know, the most confusing thing is if someone has a silencer, you don't hear the shot, but you hear the, the ping. As it's like hitting wood or the dirt around you, or just mm-hmm. like whizzing past your head, it's really crazy. Um, I feel like in most uh, other big multiplayer shooters, there's like a cone of silence mm-hmm. around action. Yeah, it's like when you're close to it, you can hear it, but if you're get just far enough out of the boundary, then it's like dead quiet. Dead quiet, like you've muted the television. There are these little like shacks just kind of like littered across the map, and they normally don't have good loot in them. And there's you know ways to flush people out. Uh, but it was, you know, the circle was closing in, the space was tightening, and I just, like, I just opened the door, and I see this guy just running past, and it's just, like, jump out, like, jack him with a shotgun, and then there's just, like, seven people just start firing at me. Really intense, uh, a lot of fun. Uh, I would recommend it to anyone. It's 30 bucks, um, still in early access, and you can run it on a potato. Uh, it's a PC game that's, that's really co- uh, cooperates with your machine. Uh, you won't get the best performance, but, you know, still be able to play it. I had a lot of fun with it, and I will report back. Uh, when you win, it just says winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Once I get my chicken dinner, I will uh, report back and let you know. Cool. Awesome. But I'm having a great time with it. Yeah, it sounds interesting. That sound cool. Uh, I can go next, if we would like. Sure. If that would be acceptable. Sure. Hey, I kept. I watched the uh, the regulars we do. Uh, caught up with Leftovers and don't know how much you guys want to talk about it. Leftovers was a kind of bottle episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a Matt Jameson episode. I always Those ones are always pretty intense yeah. for each of the three seasons. I feel like that was his uh, bookend to his story, mm-hmm. so yeah. to speak. Like I feel like we've kind of closed the book on Matt's big story. Yeah. Like he finally had it out with God. Mm-hmm. And... Even though it wasn't actually God, it was it was his. It didn't need to be actual God. He just needed to like have that moment where he could yell it's like at God in a therapy session, like punching a pillow or right. something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the final line of that show, that episode, cracked me up so much. That, yeah, that was hilarious. That was the guy I was telling you about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was being attacked by <laughs> by a lion. Yeah, what's the lion's name again? Fraser. Fraser. Fraser the lion. Yes. Frasier the Sensual Lion. <laughs> the song that plays about yeah. Frasier. Yeah. It's just, again, The Leftovers never disappoints when it comes to providing us with something bizarre. Yeah. I just wonder if they just have a round table of, what's your weirdest idea for an episode? And somebody wins every week. I, I've got one. How about a ferry from Tasmania to Australia? 
with a lion on it and a perpetual orgy in his honor. <laughs> some of the, the funniest stuff was... What the fuck? Some of the funniest stuff was just like John and Lori and the, the son just like at a table having like water and like right behind them is like some this incense dominatrix <laughs> pegging orgy <laughs> and they're just chilling. Also like the opening credit music was no music. It was just a recitation of a prayer, I believe, like mm-hmm. in another language. That's it, all it was. It was so, it was, yeah, it was so quiet and I was, I, I, I struggle with, do I turn the volume up when people are whispering or do I just let it be whispered and kind of unintelligible? Yeah. And I heard that and I was like, you know, it's, it's leftovers. I'm not going to struggle to hear <laughs> what the fuck's going on. Apparently that was the, uh, it was in French. I, I didn't know this at the time. It was in French and it was the character in the opening thing. It was him talking. It's the first, like, uh, narrative uh, piece that's been in... The Naked Sailor? Yeah. Yeah. He was saying a prayer He was saying a French he... prayer on the sub before doing his little mm. commandeering of the nuclear thing. <laughs> his <laughs> gymnastic turning of the keys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so weird. But yeah, it, it did feel like a departure <laughs> from the uh, <laughs> normal flow of the story, just to... Just to have Matt finally have his, like, breakthrough. Does he even break through, though? Like, I think at the end, you could read it one of two ways, is the lion attacking Mr. Burton. I took it as that's a complete confirmation that he's on the right path. Hmm. That's what I took it as. See, when well, the police said officer... You said he's not going to Melbourne with them, though. He said that before the lion came out. And from his acting and, like, him turning around and, like, his C... You know, his line, that's what I was talking about. I took that as his, like, you know, he's always interpreting these signs from God. Yeah. And we'll obviously see in the next episode when it airs, you know, which way they're going with it. That's that's what I took it as, Mm -hmm. is that he's got that sign. It's like, see, that's the guy I was talking to you about. (laughs) But I could, you know, I could see the other way, too. That's just how I interpreted uh, it. Yeah, he said this before he he had that moment, but he did tell the police officer that he uh, there was that. That's why I, I thought he maybe mm-hmm. had kind of just allowed himself to relax for a minute, just mm-hmm. because the mm-hmm. police officer said, "Can you can you come down and answer some questions?" And he's like, "Yeah, I've got nothing to do." It is curious. I am curious to see if he'll if the lion attacking Burton will like reignite him on that path, like you think it might. That would be fun. It's, it's it's such like a, a strangely on the nose like biblical reference mm-hmm. of yeah. you know the orgy setting loose a lion to kill the Christian. It's almost in like the like little like barricade around the thing. The little like gates are almost like a little arena. Yeah, yeah, kind of like uh, you know biblical style. Yeah, the biblical style arenas. Biblical style, all in it. Mm-hmm. I like it. I'm excited about tonight's episode. Little inside baseball we record on Sundays. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I t- I'll talk about uh, two movies I watched. I watched. Uh, I hadn't really seen many Albert Brooks movies where he directed. Um, I watched uh, Defending Your Life. Because I've yeah. seen that. Uh, it's it is a very good movie. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but yeah, I, I think I saw that movie years and years ago. Yeah. Albert Brooks is a yuppie who uh, dies and gets sent to basically a purgatory where people who are sent here have to have like a court case play out for do they go to the good place or do they go back to earth to try to figure it out to get to the good place mm-hmm. that kind of reminds me of the show the good place a little bit <laughs> <laughs> taking inspiration about it but it's good uh, Meryl Streep very good in it Albert Brooks falls in love with Meryl Streep you could easily see how that could happen because she's just like she's in super charm mode but I like it it's kind of like a little intellectual 
science fiction-y kind of thing, mm-hmm. kind of fantasy setup. And it's uh, pretty funny, but it's got a pretty good message to it as well. What's the message? Don't be afraid. Oh, good. But that was pretty good. Um, the next one, I, I uh, dipped my, my toes into the water of uh, Filmstruck. Yeah. To uh, indulge the snootier part of my brain for some <laughs> movies. So I watched a uh, movie called uh, Black Narcissus. It's a 1948 English movie. It takes place in the Himalayas. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's the nuns try to start, start a convent in the Himalayas, and then things kind of take a turn for the worse. I feel like this is an episode of The Leftovers. I <laughs> know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This movie, uh, it's got gorgeous cinematography. It approximates the Himalayas by like a soundstage in in London, oh, but wow. really feels like it. Even like me watching it today, and some great acting, some great stoicism. You know, you love seeing stoicism mm-hmm. portrayed on screen. <laughs> <laughs> Why did they even make all those advances in technology and movies? Stick to the to the way that things were shot. Well, I guess the artist did that and got awarded for it. Yep. Never mind. <laughs> My snotty point about movies from the 40s is moot. But I, I, I highly recommend uh, Black Narcissus. Um, if you guys are checking out something on... Anyone has a subscription to Filmstruck or doing a, a checkout of it. Checking it out. <laughs> That's probably the better way to say it. I highly recommend movies of uh, Powell and Pressburger. They did uh, Life and Death of Colonel Blimp, I think. Hmm. Matter of Life and Death is another good one. Uh, Red Shoes is really good. They're all on... Uh, Filmstruck. Mm. Did you the watch my this week? collection? No, I've seen I two don't of those already. I can hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> Shade. <laughs> but besides that, uh, that's pretty much it. Did you do the special features at all? No, I didn't. Oh. I, so you and Brent now have both dabbled in the Filmstruck. And neither of you have really done the Criterion part of the Criterion Collection movies. I should, though. I just forget about it. I just can treat like Netflix. I was like, all right, I've watched this movie. I'm done. <laughs> I'm just conditioned. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I uh, I haven't... The movies I've watched on there were movies I've never seen, and I didn't I didn't want to just go right back and watch commentary right. on them mm-hmm. right after. But, like, I would be tempted to check out commentary on a film that I've seen many times. Mm-hmm. That would be... Especially, they have some people talking about, like, why this movie is important. Like, mm-hmm. one of those little 30-minute talks. Yeah. It could be interesting. Cool. Mm-hmm. Anything else? No, that's it for me. Oh, all right. My how's, turn. How's the game plan going, as a quick aside? Trying to get through... I'm trying to finish up uh, Persona 3. Yeah. I've gotten to... There's 30 days left until the end of the world. Yeah. So, pretty good. Yeah. And I've, I've cycled through a couple of girlfriends. So, that, so you've, you've maxed out your links then for lots of people? So, yeah, some people. <clears throat> it's really hard, though. Especially, like, yeah. I wish I wish I could restart it, but I'm, like, at this point, 60 hours into it. And just get five. Don't don't Skyrim this, man. Just just, just get, like, like a, a newer game. It's supposed to be just as good. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, when I'm done with this game, I'm going to be done. But I've it's the best handheld game I've probably played in years and years and years. I disagree. I think you should play it. And play it. And play it. Play it differently. Make sure you've played it all the ways you can play it before you stop playing it. Yeah, because on the portable version, uh, you can play as a female character. They didn't have that. Originally. Whoa. I mean, why cut it's it? Another when, 70 hours. Why cut it when you could use it two or three more times? That's my philosophy. Uh, uh, my watch list. Uh, this is fairly short. There's nothing TV-wise that I watch that we haven't already talked about. And that just leaves a... We got you, Brent. We stole your stuff. A trio of movies. I've also dipped my toes into the film Struck Waters. Mm. And 
they are comfortable. Uh, <laughs> the water's nice. The water is nice. Uh, City Lights, 1931. Charlie Chaplin movie. Ah. And I had never seen City Lights before. I've seen some other Chaplin movies. Mm-hmm. I love this movie. It was so fantastic. It mm-hmm. is. like it's, it's one of those movies where when I would see the AFI countdowns mm-hmm. and they would have... City Lights, like, number 11 movie of all time or whatever. I would roll, kind of roll my eyes like, okay, you gotta do some lip service to the, to the old ones. Mm-hmm. Right? You've gotta, you gotta include them. And I just sort of thought that's all it was. And, no, oh, this movie was great. It was funny and so sweet. And I actually find that his physical comedy still really funny. The ending of that movie is just, I almost cried. Really? Yes, it was so good. Uh, I highly recommend City Lights to anybody if they've never seen it. Is it a silent movie? Uh, yes. Okay. Well, there's music. The score was... Uh, we should probably edit this um, edit this out since this is a talkie talk. We, <laughs> we talk about talkies. <laughs> That's a good point. That is true. Chaplin wrote the score for City Lights. Huh. Really? Yeah. Like, that man had his hand in everything that he was doing. It was, it was impressive. Nice. I think um, in lists, I always thought that like uh, modern times and great dictator were above city lights, but I could be mistaken. And just considering everything a swath of silent Chaplin stuff. So city lights made a big jump when they redid the list. It jumped to mm. number eleven oh. on the on the AFI top hundred, and I think it was in the eighties the first time they did it. Like it was, the, it made the biggest jump from I don't know nineteen ninety nine to two thousand eight. Second time they did it, hmm. which is interesting. I wonder what I wonder why it changed so much. People actually watched it at AFI instead of just being told that it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After that, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Nice on Filmstruck. <laughs> on Filmstruck. Now, uh, I have, it's it's a, I have weird feelings about this movie. Like it's really funny. Yeah, it is mm-hmm. funnier than the first one. Mm-hmm. And there were parts when the whole theater was just howling with laughter. I thought Baby Groot, I thought they were going to try to over-rely on the cuteness of Baby Groot, mm-hmm. and it did not feel forced. Baby Groot's great. Yeah. I love Baby Groot in the movie. thought he was, and thought Baby Groot was, there's a scene with Baby Groot that I think is the funniest scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because from the trailers, it looks like they could overplay that hand pretty yeah. easily. Yeah. right. Do like a d- Despicable Me too, and just make it all about minions. Yeah. Make it all Baby Groot. Right. Does that mean this, the third one is going to be Groots? Groots. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they've said that the, the next movie is going to be Teenage Groot. Oh. <laughs> I think it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, I really, I thought... Uh, Michael Rooker? I thought he did a good job. And there's another character that I, I thought was funny. Um, Drax? Oh, Drax, yes. The star of the movie for me was yeah. Drax. Drax is... Uh, I howled with so many of his lines because he's his culture doesn't understand sarcasm mm. that's you know the, the running Drax joke <laughs> and it's just just how like on the nose insulting he is people <laughs> uh, he's, he's I think he, he's got some of the best written lines and also like but he is even though he doesn't understand uh, sarcasm he has like they are teaching him about humor yeah and so he's Drax is now obsessed with jokes <laughs> and Practical jokes, and they're, <laughs> yeah. they're not, uh, it's just it's just funny watching him react to things that he thinks are funny. Yeah, my favorite, <laughs> and my favorite is the one where Mantis, who just recently, like, joins them, mm-hmm. uh, sees uh, Rocket and asks Drax, like, ooh, can I pet your puppy? And Drax, you can see the wheels turning, she goes, hmm, 
Yes. <laughs> and as soon as she pets him, you know, Rocket obviously tries to like bite her hand and freaks out. Mm-hmm. And he just goes like, ha 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 ha, that was a prank. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. yeah. Despite that, those are definitely the highlights of the movie. Uh, because I think the second big fight scene is kind of boring. Uh, the, like the climax of the movie and yeah. it's, it's a tad boring I thought it, I, I didn't feel like Star-Lord had enough to do no. in the movie or uh, Gamora. Gamora like I kind of felt like their storylines were sort of blah I, I like the, the Gamora Nebula stuff I liked it more than I like the Star-Lord shit yeah which is unfortunate because that's Bill is the main mm-hmm. plot but the, the uh, plot I've heard a lot that there's the movie has the characters apart maybe too much. Yes, as yeah. a team, they're you know it's kind of most fun when they're all kind of clicking and trading off each yeah. other. And I didn't dislike like for instance, uh, Rocket spends a good bit of the movie with uh, Yondu. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they're fine together. They're enjoyable together. It's just like eh, it kind of loses the magic of the group mm-hmm. if there's no group. We are group. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the other thing, yeah. There's my one other complaint with the movie is is, and, and I did like the movie, and I would recommend it to anybody. But my only other minor complaint is just that it, family is a theme in this movie, and they it's a little like in your face theme yeah. of the movie. Like every character talks about it, yeah, and everybody has to have some. Chris said something similar to that. Everyone's like either a brother, a sister, or a father, or a son. Not only just that, they just, they're also just talking about it. They talk mm-hmm. about family and what family means. And it's just sort of like, I hit my, we get it, point. Yeah. <laughs> Which means that now, Vin Diesel's in two properties where family is the most important. <laughs> this and Triple X. Yeah. <laughs> the return of Xander Cage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the last movie I watched this week was uh, another Filmstruck film. Ooh, struck. Toes be uh, dipped. And uh, yeah, re-dipped. And uh, <laughs> this one was a little more recent, 1938. Ooh, yeah. Uh, the Lady Vanishes, ah. which is an Alfred Hitchcock comedy. Interesting. Well, it's it's a comedy for like 20 or 30 minutes, and mm-hmm. then it just turns into a straight mystery, and then... It's when when com- the titular lady vanishes? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then it turns into a thriller, once the mystery is solved, and then it... The, but while it's a thriller, it's also a comedy again at the <laughs> end. It's it's quirky little movie that is uh, unlike most Hitchcock movies. Uh, the mystery is pretty good. I like the mystery aspect. It's cool. it's set on a train. I didn't know that before. It's uh it's set on a train, and it's about this uh, this girl who she meets an old lady on the train, and uh, they have tea together, and then they go back to their um, compartment. She falls asleep. She does this off for like 20 minutes. She wakes up. The old lady's gone. Mm-hmm. And she can't find her. Hmm. And no one has any recollection of the old lady being on the train. Oh. So it's about that. And it's really, really good. It's it's very enjoyable. That's pretty early Hitchcock, too. Yeah. It's his last movie that he made like in England mm. before he came to America. I would recommend that. It's It was... Uh, <laughs> do it. I just sat over here and went... Hitchcock. <laughs> Not very Hitchcockian. Mm. Hitchcockney. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's it. That's it for me, I think. All right, well, uh, do you guys want to talk about a news segment by the name of... <laughs> breezy on the Streets? Breezy on the Streets! I'm still, I'm still Breezy on the Streets. We tried to solicit a jingle from a band last night. Oh, really? <laughs> breezy on the Streets. 
<laughs> we didn't get anywhere with the conversation. <laughs> we were like, you record a podcast? It's like, well, kind of. We sit in a room and yell at a can. <laughs> Sometimes the internet accepts it. <laughs> I can jump in with a new story. The next South Park game has its third and hopefully final release date. Uh, it's getting released in October. Oh, yeah. South Park, the fractured butthole. Yeah. Oh, that never came out. Nope. Yeah. I feel still, like I saw the preview for that like a year and a half ago. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Yeah, you did. Wow. Well, same but, with like Stick of Truth. It was when it came out. It was my favorite game of the year. Like I love that game. But that game moved many, many times. Also, yeah. Hmm. Apparently, it, it may have something to do with Trey Parker and Matt Stone just like rewriting bits over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, taking the luxury that they don't normally have to you know write these characters and like iterate until mm-hmm. they're exactly how they want them. Sure. But yeah, October. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Anyway, how about some uh, trailer talk? There wasn't. Uh, I didn't really see many big scale trailers like for the tentpole superhero type stuff yeah but I did see some stuff for smaller movies like uh, did you guys see the trailer for Battle of the Sexes first trailer came out yeah looks really good looks really yeah really good it looks like it's gonna be funny and they seem perfectly cast for those roles Um, Steve Carell seems like he is just chomping at the bit (laughs) hmm. he's he's kind of a I didn't know Bobby Riggs that much Mm -hmm. that's that's who he is right in Battle of the Sexes the guy's Bobby Riggs yeah I guess he was kind of a buffoon, self-promoter, clown guy to keep his name in there. Yeah. And Steve Carell just, like, goes for it. Like, ten times Michael Scott version. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, all, like, the, the, the practical joke uh, matches that they would have where it's, you know, him playing tennis with a frying pan. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. him playing tennis with, like, a giant ball against, like, a bunch of women dressed as, like, maids. Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. It, it, it seems like it's, it's going to be funny. And Emma Stone. Yeah. Well cast. Nice. She got glasses on that look like that woman's glasses. Mm-hmm. It's all <laughs> in the glasses. This isn't a new trailer, I don't think, but it was a trailer I saw for the first time this week after another podcast I listened to mentioned this movie. Uh, it's, uh, I think it's called Okja. Okja. Yeah. Okja. Which is the new movie from... Bong Joon-ho. It's the guy who did The Host. Yeah. Host yes. and Snowpiercer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, I don't know. Looks super interesting. There's all there's there's two trailers out. One that has a lot. It's gonna be on Netflix, I think. Yeah, cool. And uh, in June, I think end of June. Ooh, fun. Coming. And uh, there are two trailers. One is uh, one is you know sort of a, a normal trailer where you see scenes from the movie. Sure. The other is just Tilda Swinton speaking in an advertisement. Yeah. <laughs> about talking about what pigs, how pigs dream. And what do they? What do they have nightmares of? Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like it's, it would probably be something like this, and then it's just a bunch of quick cuts to slaughterhouses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like this movie is screaming. crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tilda Swinton looks like she's doing full Snowpiercer. Like I'm gonna be a weird alien. Yeah, <laughs> but like in a commercial, like advertising CEO version of that. <laughs> I'm I'm down for it. I love uh, Bong Joon Ho, mm-hmm. and this is this looks like the most expensive, biggest scale Netflix movie to date. Nice, yeah. From all the smaller ones I was talking about a couple weeks ago, too. This seems like a big scale up. Oh, I think also this week, uh, I think War Machine comes out. Mm. It's the Brad Pitt like uh, mm-hmm. Middle Eastern war thing by guy who did Animal Kingdom. Yeah, that'll be pretty big. But yeah, yeah I saw Oakjaw too. It looks really cool. Uh, in non-movie trailers, I saw a teaser trailer for, uh, I guess, Amazon is resurrecting or rebooting uh, The Tick. 
Yeah. The, the, mm, uh, the yeah. Tick is coming out in August on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime or Hulu, I forget which. I think it's Amazon. I think it's Amazon Prime. Um, which I loved both the animated series, The Tick, and the Patrick Warburton Tick. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, I think he's a hilarious superhero. And then lots of <laughs> lots of trailers of resurrecting uh, old and dead TV shows. I posted, you know, a ton of those in yeah, the, the group. It's Upfronts Week, and they uh, posted stuff up about new TV coming out. Mm-hmm. Same as the old TV. Yeah. <laughs> Etc. Uh, that's uh, I didn't really. It's not really a trailer, but have you guys heard to the, heard of the movie How to Talk to Girls at Parties? No. No. I think it's like it's based on a Neil Gaiman book. It sounded just like a teen movie that uh, Elle Fanning is in, but it's apparently about aliens and crazy shit. Weird. It's kind of almost like a little like fifteen second videos for little pieces of it, and the movie looks really interesting. And the clips are crazy. Uh, like in one, this, this person describes like the beginning of punk music in a, just like this quick cut, and mm. she wants to be punk and. I don't know, like, cuts off her own arm and it grows back. <laughs> it's just, like, weird stuff. So it's Project X2? <laughs> I don't think it's Project <laughs> X2. That sounds, that sounds neat. Maybe Weapon X2. Do you know who's directing? It's somebody. Please say Max Joseph. <laughs> Maximum Joseph. <laughs> his his follow-up to uh, We Are Your Friends? No, it's not. John Cameron Mitchell is directing it. I don't know, you said that like you knew. Yeah, he's the guy who did Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Oh, cool. Did that musical. Yeah, I tried to get tickets to it because it's touring. And then uh, I'll do some quick news segments. If you guys aren't interested, just say just say nay. But uh, Jimmy Kimmel and all the producers are going to be back for the 2018 Oscars. Hogan coming back. Cool. Even after Snafu. Yeah. I'm, which I'm happy with. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. He was yeah, funny. And good. besides the ending... I think it worked out pretty well. He's going to have to just not do the same Matt Damon joke over and over again, though, because that'll get old. I don't know. Maybe it won't get old. I think he'll do it again. Yeah. Just find a different way to do it. Hopefully Matt Damon's up for an Oscar and can <laughs> mess with him even more. Um, um, in the game slash TV <laughs> variety, uh, we got Netflix coming out with a uh, series based on The Witcher. Yeah. Which is popular... Polish books. Nice. I read and, the article. And uh, some, some people dispute which ones are more popular. Yeah. <laughs> it, actually, just just the author. Yeah. There's 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 a there's a weird bit of uh, uh, mudslinging going on between CD Projekt Red, the development studio for the game, and mm-hmm. the author. Where the author insists that his books made the games popular and not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I've heard of the games and not the books. Yeah. So apparently, <laughs> the author is going to be an executive producer on this. TV show, mm-hmm. but he was not involved in the video game. Right. So he's he's pretty happy about that, I'm assuming. I haven't really played more than 15 minutes of any Witcher game. Yeah. For fear that I'll get dragged into hell. So we're pretty <laughs> excited about the Witcher Netflix show. I'll, I'll give it a try. Uh, the studio that's attached to it might be an animation studio. Hmm. Or, uh, well, they're not, not that they might be, but they're, they're an effects studio. So there's, there's, it's up in the air whether it's going to be live action with heavy effects or if it's going to be animated. Hmm. I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Is this where I go, nay. <laughs> yeah, big old nay on that one. Uh, not too much left. Uh, we got uh, two people leaving SNL after a long time. Big one's Bobby Moynihan. Gonna uh, miss him. He's funny. Yeah, he'd been there for nine years. Yeah. He, he never had like a big recurring character, but I always thought he was funny whenever I would see him. Drunk yeah. Uncle yeah, is one that a lot of people would love. Yeah, uh, love Drunk Uncle. Also like secondhand news guy. Yeah. Uh, Hear about this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That guy. Love Pretty him. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. 
He's like an all-star for SNL, I think, because he is the guy that you can put into any sketch and just, just on his reactions make things funnier. He, like Him and Keenan are some of the best reactors. Yeah. I think Keenan Thompson is the best at that. <laughs> yeah, I'll miss him. He's got a, a TV show this fall, Bobby Moynihan does. Yep. it's a, the, the concept is him at three different... It's like set in three different time frames. It's him at age 10, him at age 40, and him at age 70. <laughs> it's just a, like how those three time periods connect to each Tell other. Tell me he's playing all three ages. I really hope he's playing the 10-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the other one that's leaving? Uh, also, Vanessa Bayer is leaving. It was really recently. To that yeah, just recent. <clears throat> she's been there for... I forgot. She's been there for a while. Seven years. Mm-hmm. She was the longest uh, tenured female cast member. Um, and is gone now. Or leaving. Hmm. She also didn't have, didn't really have a ton of big recurring characters, but she, I always thought she was funny. They've been giving her less to do, also, over yeah. the last year and a half. Uh, which is a shame, because I think she's one of the more consistently funny performers. Yeah, there. I think so, too. It could be just Kate McKinnon's character and talent is just consuming the show. Yeah, reaching that Kristen Wiig level. Yeah, where any sketch you could pretty much plug in Kate McKinnon. Thinking of the Rick and Morty bit, um, where they have the interdimensional TV... And they click around and they, they come upon SNL. And it's like, you know, starring Bleep Glorp and a piece of toast and Bobby Moynihan. <laughs> and like, wow, Bobby Moynihan's on the show in this universe too? It's like, yeah, but you should have seen the crazy part where Bobby Moynihan and the piece of toast weren't talking for 20 years. <laughs> uh, just one other thing. I had, uh, sure. I had a quick RIP Powers Booth. Oh, yeah, I saw that he passed away. Yeah, he's, he's really good in uh, Deadwood. Um, been watching him a lot, and then he just passed away, so I hope I didn't cause anything. You did. His, butterfly his, effect. His uh, iconic role for me is... Uh, butterfly effect. Tombstone. <laughs> I haven't seen Tombstone. He's Curly Bill in Tombstone. You haven't seen Tombstone? I feel like that's an oversight. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I get it. told about once a week from people <laughs> <laughs> about that specifically. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it, but I feel like... Gaps in my resume, I care way less about. Yeah, the powers booth. <laughs> and then for uh, to bring it back to some superhero stuff, Tom Hardy's going to be Venom in a Spider-Man Saw spinoff, that. and Spider-Man's going to be in it or making an appearance. Mm-hmm. I guess it uh, kind of makes sense. Better than uh, Topher Grace. I don't know. Topher Grace. He's in the War Machine. I, I wrote about this in a to- comparing Topher Grace and Tobey Maguire article, mm-hmm. <laughs> and both of their worst movies in my comparison was. The, the movie they did together. Yeah, the movie they did together. <laughs> the thing about Venom is, like, to be in the Spider-Man universe, he's effective when he is a bully, which is how he's set up and physically imposing on a Peter Parker character. Mm-hmm. And Topher Grace is, like, just as short as Tobey Maguire. <laughs> Probably skinnier. Yeah. So someone, like, scary like Tom Hardy, I can see that working out. Yeah. But besides that, uh, let's look to what's coming out. Uh, okay, here's what's on the horizon. This week we got two movies that have uh, definitely been marketed heavily. Baywatch is finally coming out oh, this week. That. It looks interesting. Uh, it's so I think Baywatch <laughs> is probably going to win the weekend because it's going up against the sequel nobody asked for: Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Have No Tails. <laughs> Anybody excited for that? No. It's like Sonic One, No Tails. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> throw the dog on the floor yep. he doesn't love you anymore that's true Did that, as you I, said, you know, tales. I could not be less interested in that movie yeah I like Javier Bardem full stop I'm glad he's getting a paycheck so he can do other interesting movies yeah. instead he's got his next beautiful right. can 
Disney will pay <laughs> him in the butt. Disney will pay him for a few years for this. Ironically, he's also beautiful in the can. <laughs> Keep up that caboose, JB. War, War Machine does hit Netflix this week as well, I believe. Yeah, I'm interested to see that. And I'll be able to. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so there you go. That's your weekend, guys. And that's our podcast. So this was Talkie Talk, the podcast for the media by us. I want to say thanks to Chris. I wouldn't be worried if we didn't actually hit the record button on this one. <laughs> thanks to Brent. <laughs> yeah, it went, it went well. It went fine. <laughs> and thanks to myself for sticking through this. Uh, please connect with us on Twitter at The Media By Us. Email us via TheMediaByUs at gmail.com or our Facebook groups, Movies By Us, TV By Us, and Games By Us. We'd love to hear from you for any podcast topics. Subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcatching app location and give us five-star rating because we deserve it. Uh, today notwithstanding. I've, I've, I've set a dark cloud over the proceedings today. Yep. <laughs> Self-fulfilling prophecy. It's going to be the title of the podcast this week. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully we, you know, it's always 50-50 if we keep doing this next week. <laughs> but I want to say thanks again to the Willow Walkers for providing the intro music, and uh, thanks will be in the show notes for the outro music. Uh, don't have it yet. Mm-hmm. So, thanks everybody for stopping by, listening, and engaging. <laughs> you wanted an outro. Yeah. Good night and good luck. Oh, nice. That one, no one has that one. Yeah. Good luck and good night. Did you make that up? Go and flip it. Good night and good night. Glock night. Good, good and good, good. Good, good and good, good. That's for good. making it fun to edit and last thing <laughs> I really hope you, instead of instead of deleting it you just uh, multiply it <laughs> it's like copy <laughs> insert more I'm gonna double a, it all I'm gonna go for like a nine minute silence take good good and good good that's for true true bye <laughs> <laughs>